Hey everybody, um, so welcome back to Bridging Two Worlds podcast with me, George the Medium. I have a darling, darling friend with me today and she um, has one of the biggest wealths of knowledge that I know within her field. Her field is not just to one thing, it has many, many facets. And this woman is a powerhouse within the community of what she does of the world of the paranormal and then some. She has more knowledge about the most intricate things to do with the business and how things work as a business and with the research that she does as well. So welcome, Michelle uh, Roos. Russ? Reese, Roos? Roos. You had it right you the know, first time, darling. <laughs> I'm like... I never call you by your second name, so that's even, no. that's even worse. You're just like, hey, babes. Um, so me and Michelle have been friends for a, a few years. Actually, our friendship grew during lockdown, and we kind of have had the most fun uh, as our friendship has grown because it's all of these voice notes of, you know, what positivity and, uh, you know, even in the moments when you're having a down day, one of us will unconsciously voice note the other, something random fun and and you know and or a voice call so we've we've really grown that friendship um and we were brought together through my part of the mediumship side of things and michelle being a medium but also within the paranormal michelle i want you to tell people because you'll do a better job than me what it is that you do what it is that you are involved in in your field and then we can open the conversation that way well, um, yes, I do meet our psychic medium, trans medium, whatever people want to call. I'm not sure what the titles are anymore nowadays. Yeah. Um, I do more of the darker side of things. So as like yourself, you know, you get the loved ones that come in and, and leave messages and things like that. I actually get what was really bad or if there's something attached to someone who's wanting a different type of reading. Um, someone who wants to do a full spiritual cleanse is what I call it, you know, from the inside out. Um, I am the one that I won't fluff anything because I am not a fluffer. But I will say, if you want the truth and you want to learn how to live, then I would be the one you would call. Um, I get called on a lot of cases that are more of the darker side, negative energies. Some would call demonic. Um, I am a demonologist and I am the first woman to be put on the worldwide society of exorcists. So we're going to come to that, but can you just jump back a little bit about the darker side of things and then let people really know what this title, what a demonologist really is, because I, I see so many people using the label and I'm, I'm, you know, had a little bit of a research of who they are and realizing that you know, all of a sudden they've got a Facebook page and it's only been open for two months and they're a demonologist and they're filming themselves on cases. So you actually have a network, which is what I find the most amazing. And, and I think people need to know about that, first of all, and then what the demonologist side of things and how you help people with the darker side. Because I just do readings and, and demonstrations. So I'm mums, dads, grannies, granddads, brothers and sisters. So that's, I'm always like the cuddly side of things, whereas you do the... So we're kind of almost on polar opposites more, that, that, but yeah. how the spirit world and the universe brings us together. So can you explain a bit more about that side of things? Well, a lot of dark cases, depending on what your beliefs are or the religion that you might follow or not follow, everything is, you know, from negative energy to, you know, the creepy crawlers, things like that. Or if you go on the biblical side, it is, you know, demons, you have angels and demons and, you know, everything has a balance. And I know we've talked about that a lot where, a lot of people want just the good, but you have to have the bad to do the balance because that's how the universe is made. Um, I started working cases, um, started getting calls from around the United States, also across the pond, that I started having to build a network, which then actually gave the birth of Riverside, Iowa Paranormal, and having chapters in different places in the States so we can actually help more people in need. And then we also have um, the chapter in Greece and, and the UK area also. These are, you know, done, whether it's video, we do in person, 
But if there is a lot of the negative, which also self manifests from the family that's there, that's kind of when I start coming in. I start assessing, you know, are we working with real demons? Are we working with something that was in the home? But because of the energy shift in the home, because of the way the family is, it has now turned into something darker. And then that's how we try to do it. So I don't, we don't just go in and do the paranormal. We actually, you know, go in and like I counsel the family. I teach them how to love themselves again, how to love each other and start bringing that light back into the dark so they have a balance. So it's not all just one-sided. And that's kind of how we continue doing that. I love, though, that the aftercare part that I know we've spoken about this uh, off camera kind of say things, but the aftercare part of what you do, I don't see, I see a lot of people talking about that they do that, but there's a lot of online garbage. Um, and I'll say that because the, this podcast is about being honest and about the yes. finding the truth in the conversation. And I'm not here to blast anyone or put anyone on blast. But what I mean by that is, there's a lot of people who say that they will give aftercare and thought and love and compassion and, and all this and support. But really, once they've got the, the clicks online and the views, then it's like you're kind of a forgotten person and we've left you aside. And we know that because then people went online and said, I've been left. Like, And so the mental support, the, the, the mm -hmm. encouragement, you know, like just dropping people a message to say, hey, I'm checking in, what's going on? Let's grab a FaceTime. I love that you do that. And do you find that there's, how much difference do you see in families that after you've been in dealing with whatever, whatever it may be, how much do, a difference do you find in those families with them coming together? It, it actually grows them in a spiritual side. And, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, we have our physical we also have the spiritual side yeah. and a lot of people don't tap into that until something does happen to them or their family. And, you know, the more you empower them as a family, not just with the love, but empowerment of that's their home and, and show them the correct ways and be their backup. Call me if something's going wrong. You see that they start striving to better themselves and then other things in their life starts changing too. You know, and you, you have to go back into, you know, because dude, I could go in and cleanse, I can go in and do prayer, I can do all that. But if I don't have that family backing me up to do it with me, it's not going to work. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how other people do it and I'm not bashing either, but I find more and more people, they, they charge for people to come in, you know, they're charging, they go and cleanse a home without knowing what's in it but they don't have the family backing them up. And it's the family that has to take a stand for their home. And so then I get the calls. Well, I've had 12 different people here and, and nobody can seem to do it. Well, because everybody thinks you can sage everything away. Not really. Yeah. Spiders, but not everything else. <laughs> so in that though, do you, it saddens me hugely and especially in your field and actually the growing number of, of people that I have come to me and said, hey, do you deal with house cleanses and things like that? And it's not really something that I do. And, and I found an upspike kind of in the last 12 months of people who have come to me and said, hey, do you do this or do you know someone? Have you noticed a change in that where there's been a lot of that? And, and a sidestep to that question how much money have people wasted on these people who have said that they're doing things? I don't need to know a number, but is, I am assuming that the number is it's high. Okay. And people don't realize, you know, we, our world has been upside down. We were quarantined. We were taken away from loved ones um, and our daily lives, you know, that because, you know, we're humans, we have to have interaction. And video is good, but we still have to have that. And what was happening, everybody doesn't realize we're made out of energy. And the different types of energies that we let off during that quarantine, we had a really highs, really lows. You know, there was a lot of problems with people with depression. That seeps off. 
that gets into your home. So by the time things started letting up a little bit, people's homes were very like heavy feeling. You could walk in. It was like trying to push things through, you know, stuff like that. And so doing small cleansings, but teaching them how to do it, you know, bring in the certain oils, the smells that actually makes you go, you know, those should not be getting charged those kind of money because what's happening is, you know, here we are, you know, like everybody right now complaining about the gas price gouging, same thing when it comes to paranormal and house cleansings. Okay. Which is really disappointing because some people are going to be not in the the financial position to do so. Mm -hmm. And so, so what is Riverside? So you birthing Riverside, Iowa paranormal, what is the the focus of you guys? So what, I know you do the cleansing and stuff, but I don't, I know what I know, but I want people to know you guys go on proper investigations and you will also be teaching people what to do on these investigations as well. I know you don't put the public at risk when you're going into some dangerous places with your team, but also you do things where there's been people that are the public that are there and they're learning these things as well, which I believe was the uh, the brothel. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'll be there Saturday. <laughs> are you guys going on Saturday? Yeah. And can people watch you online? Um, we're looking at maybe doing a live on it. Uh, we awesome. haven't got there yet because we have we actually sold out a lot all the tickets. Um and the funny thing is a good friend of ours, Catherine, will yeah. actually be joining on a first uh, American investigation. I'm so. so excited for her to come over when I heard she was coming and stuff. I'm just so excited because she has a real skill in her background yeah. of, and, and I'm going to be interviewing her as well. So it's, it's good to know and, I, and the excitement in her voice when she said she was coming out to the States to actually then be part of that is brilliant. But talk about the birthing of, of Riverside, Iowa. Let people know so, what happened there, what you guys do. Well, it started with just doing helping families who needed us or just, you know, anyone. Um, and we never charge for any of the help that we do. So we started getting a lot of those and we're like, okay, how can we, what can we do to help supplement that? Because we never will take a dime from the families we go see. So first we did the whole, like I said, building the network, getting the people out there, but people who take this seriously, not just, oh boy, I get to take my gadgets, turn off the lights and hopefully something speaks to me, but actually going in, finding out the story finding out what all the history background is so we can give answers. Then we decided, well, people were always asking us, you know, would you guys ever go to places that we can come to? So we do events throughout the year. Uh, We do them over like, you know, wherever we have any of our team members. So we got events going on in Texas, Indiana, Iowa, and all different places. What we do is use half of that money give it back to the place that we're actually doing it at. And that is, you know, to preserve the history of those locations. And so we're giving back to the community, but then the rest, we actually put in a fund and that fund is used to help the families in need when they call us, whether it's us going to see them or is it me putting together a little care package of, you know, protection spray or maybe some stones or some incense just something small to say, listen, we're here with you with instructions of how to use it and a phone number they can call if we can't make it to their home or they don't want us in the home. And then we kind of walk through stuff, you know, via video. And let people know, because I didn't know at first what a chapter meant. So I had a rough idea and I know you guys call it chapters but I know people maybe outside of the States might not know what that means when you have different chapters of Riverside, Iowa. So let people know what that means. So when I say Riverside, Iowa paranormal, that's the actual umbrella. And then right below it, you would have like one state of Indiana, Iowa, Arizona, Texas, and then of course the UK, that all goes up under the umbrella of Riverside, Iowa paranormal. So they also are able to use the name but they're in a different location to be able to help in those areas. And as a network, they then can funnel straight from you 
and learning, understanding. And so are, is it you that kind of mostly delegates the, 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 the cases or do you have like a team of people that kind of help with the kind of organization of who goes where and when and stuff like that? Depending on the location, that's kind of when we look at who's going to be the closest. Uh, We have intake coordinators, which those are the ones that make that first initial phone call or be the first person they speak to um, and have a a conversation, finding out exactly what's going on. You know, what is the severity? What level is it? When, you know, they book, make sure we book the appointments, they make sure that they get the directions and, and also confirm it. But they're the very first voice. Just like, you know, um, if someone is calling a dispatcher for 911, that first voice, that's what our coordinators are. They're the ones that will listen. They're the ones that will help calm. If there's something that has to be done right away, we get someone else on the phone to kind of guide them through until we can get someone. And then we have event coordinators that will actually, well, event coordinator that actually puts together the events for us. And then we have the leads who are in these chapters that if I had something in Greece, I would get all that information straight to like Catherine and then Catherine, whoever she had on her little team that we put together would then know exactly when walking through the door, exactly who they are, how many people in the homes and what are they walking into? So the reason I asked that question is because I don't want people to think because I know that you've got intake coordinators and you've kind of got people who are organizing, you know, different teams and stuff like that. But the reason I, I wanted people to understand that is that there is these, as I said, these Facebook pages that their whole thing is for views, clicks and likes. And there is no professional business set up there where there's you know different things that go on it's it's not that you're just you know you're just there with a camera in hand going let's turn off the lights as you say and wait for something spooky to happen you know this is taken with care and love and respect and and all of that goes first and I love that that's your first step the last thing you're really thinking about is kind of how can we investigate what goes bump in the night you're really focused on the situation and the family at hand and of course, the investigations where people can pay and stuff is, is a, you know, something different, but also all under that umbrella. So yeah. that, I think, is what really sets you as Riverside Iowa Paranormal apart from the rest, in my opinion. And I've been doing this for 22 years and I've met some crazy, <laughs> crazy people, you know, who I mean, I have I remember a great story of a woman and we were in a bar, me and my friend back when I used to drink many years ago. And this woman came up and spoke to us and she had had a friend that had a reading from me and the woman started to talk all this stuff. I was like, oh my God, this woman is in terrible, terrible need. Like there's all sorts of weird energy with her and she was really, really... So me and my friend finished with drink. She was also medium and we, we went back to uh, my apartment and, you know, we, we were like, okay, we're going to do some cleansing stuff and some energy. And really what we realised was she was just whatever but there was nothing going on that she believed that it was going on so in her mind she believed that she was being attacked by all these entities and there was nothing but in her mind that she believed that and I I then had a real strong lesson to think there are people who are genuinely tormented and the people who are genuinely tormented don't want it but this lady Correct. kind of almost like, well, she has conversations with these demons and whatever. And really what it was, was in her head. And so it's, I always found then, even in the conversations we've had, the real people who are in trouble don't want the trouble. They don't Correct. want the views. They don't want the clicks. They don't want the likes. They actually don't tell people. They kind of like find a way around to try and get to the right people, i.e. you. And have you found that there's people who have got to you who sadly have been through some trauma and have had trauma added by other places and groups and people. And I'm asking that question because I want people to realize there is some people out there who are genuinely wanting to help you guys, or there's people who are only caring if they can get a view or a click from you. And I, you know, I'm big against this whole promoting pain and torture for likes and views 
And that's something that, so I always speak about that. Like, I just don't agree with it. Do you find in your your game that you've you've found that there's a lot of that going on? Yes. Okay. Um, normally when they finally get a hold of us, I end up talking to one lady as an example. And she had talked to like six, seven people. And, you know, when we go, after we do the intake, we actually go visit and we sit down because when they make that phone call, because someone finally answered the phone, they just puke everything out. So what we do, we don't even investigate. I mean, we'll take a recorder, but we sit down with them and then we talk again while we're in the home. And when, and it's so many times we hear, I've had two, three people here already. This person told me I have demons. This person said they cleansed everything. This person says it's all medical and we should just be doing this. So now they have no clue of, is anybody going to believe me? What is going on? And so doing that walkthrough and sitting and talking to them, we can kind of get the story together and know where we're going, you know, or, you know, so it's like, there's so many times people are going in there. And again, there are other people out there that um, do it for the right reason. There really is. Yes. But at the same time, the sad story is it's more not doing it for the right reasons that get me. So, so this is a question on that and everything that you've been through and your experience in this whole journey that has brought you to this, you know, this point in your life, you know, at the ripe old age of 28. Um, so what have you learned, Michelle? What has Michelle learned from your experiences as psychic medium, you know, trans medium, demonologist? Like, what have you learned from that? What, what has Michelle got and learned from that? Michelle learned how to live. Okay. Plain and simple. Explain. Okay. We sometimes get into our own little tunnels and our own little wormholes or whatever you want to call them. And it got to the point where I was stuck there. Where am I going? Where's the other side? I was so enthralled with just the death of everything. I forgot how to live myself. So I was personally dying and it came to a point where, okay, I have to come to terms of what I'm doing and I got to put my own boundary. I can't keep giving, giving, giving and not living. And so I decided I'm going to live. And soon as I had made that decision, everything else started opening up. I started seeing more of what I was supposed to see and things made more sense to me. I love that. Like that message of Michelle found Michelle kind of like going Mm -hmm. through the journey of, and how long have you been doing this? Oh my God. A long time without telling my age. Uh, Yeah. It's been over 20 years. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Because Michelle was just Michelle, a name. It's sure. Michelle this, Michelle that, Michelle this, Michelle that, Michelle this. And it was like, well, who's Michelle? And is Michelle really helping? And then when Michelle found Michelle, now she's helping. So then because you found you and then recognized who you were inside, you were then able to say, well, I know what I need to give me to give back. Correct. Perfect. Okay, which I love that because there is a message for anyone that in whatever you do with whatever field you're in, if you're finding you and you're happy within you, then your journey that you're on is then you're only going to get back more. Oh, absolutely. So I know that you've become a little bit of a celebrity in this movement. And so (laughs) how do you deal with the celebrity? Because I know that many of the big names in the movement at the conventions and stuff, everybody knows who Michelle is from Riverside, Iowa. So it, that's the interesting one. How do you deal with that celebrity side of things? I stay humble because I have to thank spirit for giving me what it gave me. At first, I was upset with spirit because it was always dark and nightmarish. 
But then when I said, like, I began to live, I understood why I was getting it to understand what other people's trauma was. So I stay very humble. I'm just me. I can have a foul mouth. Um, I can laugh. You? I can cry. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's what I do. I, I don't think I'm not too big for my shoes. Let me, let's put it that way. And I, even if I was put on TV one day, I would still be humble because the people who come to those paracons and all those things, they come, but they also have something going on. That's why they're drawn. And if you really sit back and watch them, how many people have the baggage on them of just being, you know, not knowing who they are and just trying to find their own way, it does make you think. So it's not just pictures. It's, wow, these are real people that need to hear you say hello and recognize them. And so do you think, though, I mean, obviously a massive amount of people are going to come to these conventions because mm -hmm. of Hollywood and what the TV networks and the TV shows. And I mean, every other channel has something spooky going on. And I know for me, and I wonder how many people you meet, for me, my finding of what was going on was my interest into the paranormal and the spooky. But, you know, I'm getting back to before the days of the internet. So, like, I was in the library turning pages yep. in a book, reading about experiences and, you know, para, um, oh my goodness, the word escape, escapes me. Um, oh goodness, when you can move objects with your mind, it, the word has completely Telecon gone. Telekinesis. Telekinesis. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading a book on telekinesis and I'm thinking, well, this is really interesting, but I then was thinking, oh, everything's energy. Every time I read on these old books, everything has energy and I'm like, oh, so then when I realized that people, in a way, we are this, we are energy. As you know, I don't like people in the spirit world being described as an energy because you're not an energy, you're a person. So I don't want to pass on and then come forward to you as a medium and you say, oh, I have this male energy. I want you to say, I have a gentleman here, a guy here, and he is George and he's like X, Y, and Z. And I, that's the only thing, as you know, I don't like the, the term of a person being described as an energy, but we our energy inside of a physical body. And when I got that again back in the library days, understanding that was my pull, but now there's Hollywood has created this, this machine. Do you find there's a divide in people that come who are curious and need help? Or and then the ones who are just there fame seeking? Or is everyone under the layers always kind of someone who has needing help or trauma? I think it's the under layers of needing help. Sure. I mean, you know, a lot of them are starstruck. I mean, that's what they have. And then think about like the people who are into UFOs or cryptids and things. There's something that's drawn you there to begin with, where we don't do stuff just to do it. There is a reason why we're drawn. Now with us, you know, having abilities, we're drawn into a certain way because we're trying to figure out what is going on with ourselves. Why are we seeing this? Why we're hearing this? Everybody wants answers for questions. And I believe that's all the way down the line, even going to these paracons or, or, you know, going to see, you know, mediums and things like that. They're trying to find an answer that they probably don't even know what the question is. So there's a, a good point to jump back because we're looking at where where we are and where you are and where Riverside Iowa Paranormal is at. And we spoke a lot about present day and the journey that you've created the network. Mm. How did Michelle start? Where did little old Michelle who discovered she had abilities, how, how did, where was your birthplace within that? Were you gifted as a child or did it come to you later? Were you aware as a child or not? How, what's happened there? So it, like oh, a lot of people's story, it was as a child. Um, I was growing up in Germany. Uh, dad was military. But I noticed that my so-called imaginary friends, they were very creepy looking. They, they always looked really bad. And, and I was terrified of them. And just like everybody knows, I cannot handle dolls because my dolls would move and talk because my friends were playing with them. So this whole nightmarish thing was a, a continuous. 
And then starting to see things that have happened and, and seeing when a child had gotten, you know, murdered or something like that. And you're going to talk to your parents. Well, back then, like the days of the books, um, don't be telling tall tales. You can't talk like that. You people don't say that. People think you're crazy. So as a child, I kept pushing it back like, okay, is something wrong with me? Why is this coming out of my mouth? Why am I seeing this guy trying to pull me into his car? You know, different things like that, that I kept trying to suppress it and, you know, go on with my life, but it would always peak out, you know, going through school, seeing when someone has committed suicide, but seeing walking them through the halls and you kind of jump. Um, it, it was taken a while, but it would always, it was always there, but I had more control, you know, and again, I was doing for everyone else, stay busy, do for everyone else. Don't think about yourself, then it won't be real. And then that's when Michelle had to find Michelle and I had to wake it up. Crazy, crazy train um, coming at me in all directions. Um, and I know, thank you to you and, and Catherine, after my one experience, finding out about anchoring because I was, you know, we, I was energy. I was so bright. I was blinding myself, but it was nice to know I had real people, like you said, not worried about a click or the fame that I was able to come to and say, I'm a little scared. Yeah. I'm not understanding something. And I wish more people with abilities would be able to stand up and say, Hey, I'm getting this. I don't understand it can I talk to you about it? And it's now starting to grow a little more where, you know, the community is starting to go, okay, we can't do this alone. Yeah. And so I went from being very alone and scared to now I have family that I can pretty much go, <laughs> I'm having one of those days and have no clue guide me and take in anything I can. So I think having this spiritual family, as we call it, um, yeah, having that I mean I can reference to your story uh, my friend had got me to do a demonstration for her and I'd done the demonstration and I swear if I'd watched myself I would have looked like an amateur it was an awful demonstration and I remember coming off and I was like I'm so sorry that was awful and she's like no it was great it was great and I was like no no it was bad and anyway she was busy so I kind of got myself together and left and I've spoken to her since and, and I said I was awful that day I just wasn't vibing. The, my energy wasn't great. My evidence wasn't great. I'm so disappointed in myself. I really, and it took her a bit of a time to then say, it, like for her to then be okay with me as our friendship grew, where she went, yeah, George, you had a rough day that day. Like, <laughs> like and I, it took her time for our friendship to grow, but I think that's because she's kind of part of my spiritual family here, where we work together a lot. And so it's kind of like that where, like you're saying, it takes a trust in many years being in this movement and this game to really then understand who has your back genuinely and who doesn't. And, you know, so there's something you mentioned about being a kid though and, and everything not being okay. So your, your experiences were pretty scary and not okay as a kid. Do you think, and this is just a thought, and I, I would love to hear your, your thoughts on this. Do you think that your experience as a child with all this kind of more scary negatives kind of stuff was to prepare you for where Michelle is at now? I believe so now. Okay. I, I would have probably not believed it back then because I really felt like, I got to say, honestly, I was upset with God. Because I'm like, don't you love me? Why are you doing this to me? And let me explain the nightmare so that this way the people who are watching will know. So when I see some, somebody, when they're giving a message or whatever, I see them at the time of their death, whether they were hung, shot, if they were burnt, I see them in those states. So kind of like, you know, watching The Walking Dead or the movie Alien, because when I see negative energy, it forms into these creatures. And so I see these like half body crawlers and things like that. So as a child, 
you weren't allowed to watch scary movies. So I didn't have anything to influence me. And to have these kind of thoughts, you think about it. What kind of mental illness does this person have? Why is she at five, six, seven years old talking about half burnt up little boys walking in her room? So I, the more I heard it, I thought God hated me and I was getting punished. So these were my thought process as a child. And then I had to start trying to maneuver through. And I, I guarantee there's a lot of children nowadays who have abilities at a very young age, depending how they're coming in. I mean, you, there comes a point, you know, it's going to be scary. And, and, and how do you do it? You know, uh, people nowadays are more open-minded. Yeah. But back then, not so much. And especially the German Oma, that's a no, no, no. Oh, okay. You know, so. Did you have anyone around you though? Like, did you have anyone around you who in the family were gifted that you could then speak to? Or was it just little old Michelle? It was just me. I remember I was at a the dinner table at my Oma's house. And I was talking to a beautiful lady across the table, laughing and giggling and was getting in trouble because I was being loud. And I'm like, but I'm playing with her. And they're like, who are you playing with? I'm like, I'm playing with Tonda. And they're like, you can't be. And I'm like, she's sitting there making faces at me. And here I'm fighting to tell these people, not realizing they're not believing me, shut your mouth, but it would not stop coming out. And when I said her name, she died years before even my mother was born. And it still didn't click with them that, hey, maybe she's on to something. It was up in your room. No, right. no more of this nonsense. So it was kind of like, dang, it was rough. It was and rough. And then let's go to the flip side, though, where people nowadays, because of all the scary movies, as soon as their kid starts staring at the wall, you know. It's demons. It, yeah. <laughs> And they've got their kids and their mind pinned against the wall, turning upside down. Like, and so it's just the opposite. But I, yeah. I kind of I love the internet and I love the growth of, of, of knowledge and, and we're doing this via the internet. So I love the fact that there's that, but there's there's the misuse of it. Because at least before before that, we went to the library and read books. Yep. Like that's how we or we spoke to people. And I was with someone today who um, who got to be lucky enough to, to there's a, a, an amazingly um, talented Scottish medium, he, he's many years gone now, and his name is Albert Best, and he was a postman. And so his demonstration, because of the postman thing, the spirit world used that knowledge. So he would then give demonstrations, and he would give the full name and address and the postcode and the postal, the, like the postal code, like for you, the zip code. So he would give yeah. all of that. So he would say, you know, I've got Mrs. Jean Smith and she lived at 123 Arthur Street, you know, Glasgow, G412 PB. Like he would do that. And so that's kind of was, but anyway, she was lucky enough to get to know him. And we were talking about the the change in mediumship and, and really the, the growth. And she said back then they sat in these circles and there was these, um, you know, closed circles where the, the great mediums mm-hmm. had to do everything in hiding. But even like you with the paranormal, do you find that you can be um, quite open and free about it? Or do you come up against quite a lot of, um, you know, um, hate from people, I suppose is the right word. It's still kind of half and half nowadays. Okay. Um, even though it's all over the place, people you don't realize how many people how many people are still that's kind of a taboo. You know, they don't want to talk about it. You know, nowadays we're all triggered to, I guess, you don't talk about it, you don't watch it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and people are still that way. And especially. More and more people are, you know, especially if you go with the people who are very into the churches, you know, it is a black and white type of thing. There's no gray. And so if you don't explain it as an angel or a demon, then there it does not exist. Don't talk to it. That's bad. You know, that's witchery. 
So that must find for you having to change your terminology because in the States, the, the, the church is so strong. Whereas maybe here in, in the UK, like it, it's not as much so. Like there's, especially like from main parts of it, there's very not much of a, a strong belief in the church anymore. And people here are really given a chance to be, you know, whatever way you want to be nowadays. And with the growth of spiritualism as a religion, you know, it has kind of really grown for people like me. But with you being in the States, like, do you have to then talk about angels and demons to people maybe in the States, but then other parts of the world, you don't have to talk about it as much as like that, when it's more like things that go bump in the night or? It's it's a mix. And, and normally okay. I try to go by what their faith or beliefs are. Then I know how to speak to them awesome. so they understand. Uh, you know, if I know someone that's really into the church and the biblical side, then I'm going to speak that way so they understand it. Then we have, you know, when you look at uh, Buddhism and, and Judaism and stuff like that, there's different ways of talking to them ah. because their demons are different than the Christian demons. You know what I mean? So you, you got to kind of know how to come forth and and that is one of the biggest questions, you know, we do ask what kind of prescription drugs and stuff you take, but we want to know, are you a religious person? And we want to know because holy water to them would maybe make more sense than sage. Right. So we, I, anybody in the team, any of them, we respect the faith when we walk through their door. We have our own that we keep to our heart that we know keeps us protected. But we do not preach that out. We try to adapt to what they have because we're empowering the family. We're not empowering ourselves. We need them to be empowered. And there is the part that I spoke about earlier about the respect that you guys have and the care, the aftercare for the family and the fact that even the aftercare is, is given, but the actual part that you walk in that door with an understanding. Now look at the knowledge and the, the, the research that you've had to do on different religions and then had to make sure that the, your teams know that so that then when they walk through that door, they know how to approach that um, family from whatever their belief is. Okay. And so it's not, again, as I say, it's not picking up a device and flicking off lights and hoping something flashes. It, you know, that's where I see there's there, ha, there is... Certain people now in the movement around the world that they're, they're standing out for all of the right reasons. Because there's yeah. many people who want to be famous. And, and I, for one, never want to be famous with what I do. I just want to do a good job and protect people like and, and help and, and give them support. Mm -hmm. And, you know, grief counselling in a way, I suppose, is what you want to call it. But that's the job that I want to do. But other people really need to be on TV for what they're doing, like yourself, to actually then change the mindset of things that go bump in the night you know there's 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 got to be that where and that I don't know even if that's where you want to be like would you would you would you love to go down that road for the education and support purposes because I know you're not in for being famous like that's not who Michelle is <laughs> but you would I, I kind of have a feeling from even what you said and what I know of you is that it would be the right step for Riverside Eye or Paranormal to then get to that point to share the education, the support, yeah. and show, maybe should I say, maybe I'm biased here, but the proper side of the paranormal. Does that make and sense? I think, yes, because people need closure. And when we watch everything on TV, there's never an actual closure. And, you know, so people are left going, well, did this group actually do something? Did they help this person? Did they do this? You know, yes, you can put words at the end, you know, after three months, this person, blah, blah, blah. But to actually show it, actually show the real fear in the family, the real drama that's in that family. I mean, we have reality TV all over. So why can't we add that little piece in? So when you go in there and you're seeing an actual father break down and cry because he's not able to protect his family. And, and, and no matter what he's got, he, he feels lost to be able to show how he can get that back and, and know that 
with the right stuff, I'm able to protect my family. I can do what I need to do because even though I don't see it, I can still beat it. And that is what we're missing on TV. And I would love to be able to do that because I think that is a piece we need to show the true feelings of people. And that's that's what we miss. I applaud you for that because I have an aunt who watches all these um, spooky TV programs and she'll call me and, you know, we chat, we chat every day and she's like, oh my God, I watched, you know, whatever program last night. Oh, and you should have seen them. They were told, they were given rules not to do this and not to do that before they went in and they were doing it and they were tempting this and they were, they were touching this. They weren't meant to touch and going into a room that they weren't meant to and they said things. They were, and I'm thinking, because she's doing, she's giving what that TV show wants. Yeah. She's feeding into the the tempting fate, the, the tempting the oh mm. don't do that because that's actually dangerous. So then, where is the aftercare? If that team is genuinely going into a house who's got problems, where is the aftercare? Where is even the delicacy of going in, and where is the respect in the family? But you've then just said about you know arming a father with the tools of how to do the right job so that he can protect his family. Rather than calling for this, the TV show comes in and literally just stirs the pot up even higher to boiling point, to the point that it's spilling over. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's go to one of the funniest stories that you've ever experienced and try and keep it okay so we don't get censored for uh, any sort of, because I know some stories, that if you can tell stories without any certain words so we don't get censored. Yeah. Which story is you want there, to hear? <laughs> so tell us, what's probably the most funniest thing that you've come across in your, your game of being a, a medium and, and as a, a, par- a demonologist? What's something that jumps to mind? Well, you know, we spoke about the brothel. We did. And it's so crazy that there's a lot of locations that have had brothels. and But when you look at the history, they don't talk about it. Because it was one of those taboo, you know, I mean, when they say it's the oldest profession, it really is. Yeah. And it don't matter where you live. And so, you know, when you're walking into some of these locations and you're just kind of looking around and and you got this smile, you know, and they're like, what, you know, the, the, this guy lived there and he was like the governor and everything was so great. And I'm going, oh yes, it was. And you're, you're trying to go, do I tell these people what was going on? Yeah. And I'm like, you need to sit down. And then when I tell them, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, really? And then I have the girls kind of, why don't you show them? And that's when everybody's like, didn't even know that it existed. And so they start going back into history and go to different locations to look in books this time instead of on the internet. Yeah. Oh my God, this, this place had eight brothels, this little town, you know, two banks, eight brothels. You know, and a lot of rich men. Yeah. Well, there you go. And they were not treated nicely. But when you watch the girls smile as they're coming in, like they're wanting me to, you know, hi, how are you doing? And it's just like, girl, we need to talk. Now, <laughs> you need know? to let people know that you're talking about girls as in working girls who are now in, in the spirit, spirit world. world. Yes. Yeah. Not like real brothels. I haven't been in one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's a profession for another life. Um, (laughs) But you've got some really interesting things, if I'm correct, on footage about um, some some of the times in the brothel. Was there not something? I'm trying to remember exactly what it was now. I'm sure you caught some really interesting things on camera where you could see things moving against some of the people, right? Correct. So we do have some of that on YouTube because they said it was okay. So when we were in this one location, I kept seeing them come out and it was like an intelligent residual, which was really crazy because it was like a repeat, but they could hear and see me. And so that was my first, Ooh, this is new. And I think it was just the way, you know, the way they worked. So we were there at an event and I just, something just told me, let's try and experiment. So I asked some you know, some of the gentlemen out there, hey, would you guys be willing to try an experiment? Now, the place we go to, she also sells furniture. So there are mattresses that she sells all around. So I had some of those gentlemen lay on the bed. 
And then I had the girls called in and said they put their, you know, gold coins down. And because we're looking at the working brothel back, you know, 1800s, 1900s, and uh, started telling the girls they need to take care of these gentlemen before they take off again. And so I'm watching this going, I'm not sure if I should be really watching this at all. Because what I'm seeing, I'm going, oh boy, I mean, I'm pretty sure my face was red. And then I start talking to the gentleman and I asked them to be very open. And you could see where the bed moved down, like someone sat on it. One guy kind of jumped because he's like, I'm feeling pressure in a spot I probably shouldn't be. And it's like moving and I can feel lick on my face. But I had no heart to tell him what these girls look like. Remember at the beginning of this recording how do i see these people yeah so that so i'm going yeah they probably don't want to know so i just left it alone sure but the greatest thing was when i did talk to them afterwards i asked them really how did it feel what was it like you know and because they could tell you where the cold spots were things like that and you could see their hands move where they shouldn't be moving you know like really embrace i mean but these, these gentlemen were telling me it was the most intense feeling that they've ever felt. It was like deep in their soul feeling. So it wasn't just the moving, but there was something that just took over them that I think it went past the word sensual, you okay. know, it was just like a different level. And so now it's become a thing. Everybody comes to meet me at this location because Michelle's going to do <laughs> the mattress happy ending before this. Everybody goes home. I mean, that's what they call it. Yeah, that's true. But you actually have footage of this. Yes. Where people can actually see, people who were there, people on camera, are able to see the movement of things happening. And I yes. know the reason I'm, I, I mentioned that story in particular, because I know it's something funny, but also it is showing that, that like you're saying, this intelligent residual energy that is something that's new kind of because it's not really a thing that's thought of because when we think think about residual we think about a residual energy and, and what to explain yeah. for anyone that's watching or listening it's more that um the residual energy would be for example of trauma something happened in this room where i am right now and someone died that a medium or sensitive could come into the room and feel that person's trauma of them passing but maybe not their spirit being here but the residual like a layer of a cake so kind of like as time goes on these layers build up and so not always is a haunting an actual haunting but it's the residual energy of what has mm -hmm. happened but what I loved about this was the intelligent residual side of yes. things that to me is a very new thought like it's not it's not really discussed and so that fascinates me. I know it's a very kind of to some people funny haha topic, but you've got evidence of this. You've got footage actually happening. Yes. Of this and it play. was very intense. So it's not, and, and excuse me, I should be able to say this. It's not like, you know, you're watching it like you would watch an X-rated movie or yeah. porno or whatever. What was happening to the people who were actually doing it and then watching these girls all night coming forth like they were. And at first, like I said, the first time I ever went there, I thought it was a residual imprint. But then as they started speaking like they were supposed to work. So when I had the owner call them out like, ladies, it's time we have gentlemen here to meet. They came in just like the same time. But they knew there was other things. And they were actually speaking to these gentlemen. They didn't, the gentleman didn't hear it, Sure. but I was watching it and I, it was almost like watching a twilight zone movie wrapped up and everything. And so I had to catch myself because they were using my energy to continue what they were doing. Sure. And, but at the same time, I'm like, is this even legal? You know, <laughs> like, can you get in trouble for ghost money? I'm not sure, but <laughs> it, it was the experiment was above all others, because no one's ever done that. And, and so I wanted to see, and, and these gentlemen who first started, and one of those gentlemen actually follows us now because 
wasn't sure if he was a believer or not until he laid on the mattress. Total believer now. And so. that's what I love, the fact that what you do is you push further and further to understand every part of what's going on from the person who's there who you're asking to be extremely vocal about what they're experiencing you're already sensing and seeing what's going on you've got a team of what's going on you get footage and audio equipment recording what's going on everything that you've got going there is literally to build a database of education and and so as the years progress in what you're doing you're even pushing the boundaries into stuff that's different because these girls are, are kind of an imprint of what's happening but also i mean people might think oh that's bad that that should happen but no this is what they've done this is that this is Correct. a an imprint of their life of what happened or it's the, the spirit of these people or however you want to put it, it, but they were there doing what they were doing, but to the, the gentleman explaining it, it was giving an actual physical experience. Mm -hmm. But so it's very, very interesting. Like that could be a conversation on a whole hour by itself. Because yeah, because it's always, like I said, almost baffling to me. Because I feel them, I see them, and 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 I know what they're doing, and it is what they're doing is their job. So it's not me calling and and yes, you know, making fun of spirit or anything. I was utilizing what they knew because that's all they know. They don't realize it's a you know, it's a different time. Mm -hmm. Things have changed. Women do not get treated that way. They they have no knowledge of, of that, and so people have to also realize they were humans and humans have habits and jobs and things. That's why the man who gets on the train every day to go to work, if he has a heart attack midway, he's going to continue doing that because that imprint of that hu human side of that spirit does it. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, like we're talking provoking spirit, talk to them, you know, with respect. Yes, you do. But there's times when there is spirits there, a lot of times, especially for women, when you go to a certain uh, place and there's a certain time period, that spirit might not communicate with me because that spirit sees me as female. Yes. So if he was a really means person at life and mistreated women and I start talking in a different tone that might get him riled up to put me in my place, you know, because no, you can't treat me like you treated the three other women, you know, things like that. And that's kind of what I want people to understand with like the brothel piece. It's not saying we're showcasing them. We're just doing something that they already did and still are doing. But you've so. got research in there, but what I love about the research and learning because our journey is exploration throughout this whole field. Like this is what it's about. It's about us understanding the most mm -hmm. and the spirit world are coming forward to kind of help us learn. Um, and obviously I always say, as you know, the intelligence of the spirit world is greater than anything we will ever understand. But I love the fact that those women will <laughs> sense that you're a woman and treat you as an equal. Whereas if it was a guy who went in in your place and done that, they may have acted very differently. They may have acted like as if, you know, the the uh, the pimp kind of idea, like, you know, mm -hmm. they treated women badly. And, and we're only using that story as an example because it is a little bit funny, but it's also, I know, because we've spoken about this before, that there's way more to it than just what the women did. It's the exploration, the journey that you found out and the learning that you found since doing that. And so... Within that, though, what do you hope that people will learn from your experiences? I asked the question earlier of what, what, what have you learned, Michelle? What has Michelle learned? What do you hope that people listening or watching to the, watching this take from your experience? And like, think, what, from what you've learned? I think that, honestly, they need to learn to live too. Nobody's living right now. Um, we're all in a very dark time, you know, and we have not peaked our potential. There are so many beautiful souls out there that don't even realize they're beautiful. 
And I think the more people that awaken of just living, I think we could actually make a shift. I know. And it's the hardest thing to do is to look in the mirror and say, hey, I love you. And, And you are someone and it's time to live. And I feel that everyone should do that. And that is something that's really dear to me. I'm such a sap. No, you're not. And But that's my true feeling. That is my true feeling. I think everyone should learn how to live. And I think there's nothing better coming from someone who deals with the spirit world every day of their life, being you, who actually saying, well, you know, I know that that's important because it's the biggest part of my life of what you do. But then you're shifting the focus and saying, well, we can't deal with that until we deal with this, the reflection in the mirror. And so mm-hmm. I think that I hope that anybody watching, listening to this today has learned wherever they are in their life, whatever they're doing, that if they could stop and take a moment to look in that mirror and go after this and say, you're beautiful and you're amazing. Yes. You can achieve anything. And I'm the biggest believer of that now in life where you have the possibility and the, you do have the possibility to do anything you want to do. You can make whatever you want happen. Absolutely. We manifest so much. Oh, yeah. It's easier for us to manifest anger, sadness, darkness. Yeah. But when we have to look at ourselves and say, hey, you know, I love me. Mm-hmm. You can't. It is the hardest thing. It took me forever to actually make eye contact in the mirror with myself. Because it was one of these, because it was like, I knew I did, but did I? Because, oh, wait a minute. I got three other people that called me that needed my help. So I'm going to go do that instead of looking at myself. And there's a lot of people out there like that, even people with abilities. We let the abilities take over like, oh, I don't have time. I'm too busy helping everyone. And then when we can't help anymore, we get pushed to the curb because, they're not going to care if you live. And so I want everyone to. It is important. Well, on that note, thank you. you thank you so much. Michelle, tell everybody how they can find you. Where can people reach you? Where can people find you? Where can people learn about you in Riverside, Iowa? Well, they can meet, go on our Facebook page and it's Riverside, Iowa Paranormal. Give us a like. We have, there's messenger in there. So if you need to get a hold of us, but you can also go to www.riversideiowaparanormal.org and you can meet everybody on the team there, things we've done. And if you need help, it's all confidential and you will always reach somebody and we will try to help you the best we can. But we also have all of our events on there. So if you just want to come out and have a good time and learn some different things, we can actually do that for you too. What's the YouTube page? It's Riverside, Iowa Paranormal. Perfect. And the tours that you do, which we didn't get to touch on today, tell people about the tours that you're doing because I know you come to visit me. Yes. So this year, I'm going to be in Scotland the first part of October. Um, This is the one I'm doing actually with Catherine and it's the Daughters of Agate. And we are doing the whole coastline of everything from the witch trials and and all that. Um, We're sold out on that tour, but there's a big one coming to in October. So we'll be going somewhere else during Halloween. And then next year, we actually get to travel with Mr. John Zaffis. And we are actually going to be in Greece. So we are doing that September of 2023. It'll be myself, Catherine, and John Zappas going off to Greece. And the stuff that's in Greece, never mind Scotland, but the stuff that's in Greece with all of the history there. I know. Oh, oh my goodness, that is. And so people can find out about all of that stuff where? Um, They can go to the Facebook page of Mysterious Adventure Tours. And they also have mysteriousadventuretours.com. And there's other trips there. If you want to do a trip with Andrea Perrin or Brian Cano, Rick McCollum, Mike Ricksacker, there are tours all over. They got a Romanian tour coming up too. So 
there is something for everybody. Amazing. And you guys on Instagram too? Yes, we are. Amazing. We're on Instagram. Oh my gosh. We're on Twitter. Um, you, wherever you put Riverside, Iowa, paranormal will pop up and daughters of Hakate anywhere you put us, you'll find us. Thank you so, 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 so much. It's been, I'll put all the links in the bios and stuff for people to find you so that people, if you're not sure with spelling and stuff, I've got all that there as well. Michelle, darling, thank you so, so much for being part of um, Bridging Two Worlds uh, podcast and YouTube. I love you dearly. Please have the, a wonderful the rest of your day and thank you for taking time of your day thank to do you. this. Thank you. I love you, darling. Love you. Bye. Bye.